welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, hello. It's Jessica. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. If you're a new listener recently coming over from Chrissy or from Ralphie, I want to welcome you to the podcast It is such a pleasure to put together these interviews every week, and if you're new and you're dipping back into the archives, I really hope that you can find some other women as well that you can resonate with and be encouraged by. These are truly extraordinary moms, and every week I am just blown away by their stories and their strength and their willingness to share. I think there's so much power when other women go first in sharing their stories. It gives other people the confidence and the courage to do the same. And so I think we all have our own stories to share, and I'm so glad to have this platform to tell these stories of extraordinary moms. We've had lots of new reviews coming in lately, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart if you're one of those reviews. Thank you so much. It really helps other people to find the show. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the show. That way, you'll never miss a new episode that comes out. For the Extraordinary Moms podcast, we have new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. That's what you can expect from us. I'm also really grateful for those of you that have been sharing the podcast on social media. I love seeing the show tagged in your feed and seeing how much the show is making an impact in your life and how you're spreading it to other moms that might also be encouraged. So thank you so much if you've done that. It means the world to me. Before we get started on today's topic, which is six ways to make the most of your days, I wanted to tell you about a podcast. If you are pregnant currently or think of being pregnant or just interested in childbirth in general, speaking to you, Shannon Tripp, (laughs) she loves labor and delivery. Um, I wanted to tell you about the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Dr. Berlin is a prenatal chiropractor and labor doula. He creates an informative podcast about all aspects of labor and delivery. He gives unbiased information on the most relevant topics for growing families. He interviews parenting experts and celebrities. It is just a great podcast. So if you are interested in pregnancy topic right now, this might be a great podcast for you. Check out the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, and that can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. So chances are, however you're listening to this right now, you can find it there too. But then you can also find them at informedpregnancy.com. All right, let's move on to our topic today. This is episode 181, and the topic today is six ways to make the most of your days. I don't know about you, but I'm always struggling to find more ways to make the most of my time. And that doesn't mean just cramming more into my days. It means using my time better. We all have the same 24 hours. And so for there's people in your life where you're thinking, gosh, they're doing this, 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 and this, and they're just doing it all. And how do they have that much time? And I could never do all that they do. Well, that's not really true. We all have the same 24 hours. It's just how we are using it. Um, There's an app on your phone that shows your usage. That can be a real (laughs) eye-opener for a lot of people that spend a lot of time on their phone. If they were to swap out some of the time that they spent on social media or emails or watching Netflix or things like that, swapping that out for time doing something else that is meaningful to you and according to your values, there you go. It's like magically having time appear. Don't you just love it when things get canceled too? Like when soccer practice gets canceled and then you think, oh, I have an hour I didn't think I had. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is just magical time. So aside from things like that happening where you actually do kind of add an hour to your day, I want to talk about how you can make the most of your days. Um, These are some basic tips that maybe you're already doing some of these things, but these are things that I have found that have really made a difference in my own life. And I have found that often the small tweaks that I make in my life are the things that make the biggest impact. So maybe you'll find that to be true as well. So let's get started on the six ways to make the most of your days. The first one, do one thing the night before that helps your morning go better. Whatever that thing is in the morning that stresses you out, find a way to set up for success the night before. Whether that's making lunches, setting out clothes, packing backpacks, setting shoes by the door, whatever it looks like for you. What can you do the night before to make your life in the morning a little bit easier when you know you're in a time crunch, the kids are rushing around, maybe it's kids hard to get out of bed, things like that. Are there basic systems that you can implement to set you up for success? Those are the things you want to look for. Now, I know some people are like, well, I like making the sandwich at the last minute or whatever. Well, could you pack the rest of the lunch and then just make the sandwich at the last minute? Or maybe that's not the thing that you want to do ahead of time. Maybe you are fine doing that in the morning. But setting out your kids' clothes the night before. Packing backpacks is huge. One of my biggest pet peeves is scattered stuff in the morning and then everybody trying to collect all the various things in a very hurried manner. Something is always forgotten all the time and it's stressful and it leaves us just on a bad note. As I send my kids off to school, if I'm hurrying and rushing, come on, come on, come on, and I'm kind of frustrated with them. That's not the tone that I want to set in the morning. I want to send them off with a really positive feeling. Um, And so I don't set out clothes per se. They get dressed pretty well on their own. So that's really not something that I needed to address personally. But the backpack was a big thing, setting shoes by the door. How these shoes end up scattered all over the home, I'm not really sure how that happens. But having a pair of socks stuck in the shoes by the door we're exiting through in the morning That has been a game changer. And same thing for like going to church in the morning. If you have an early church service, packing your church bag the night before instead of trying to gather snacks at the last minute and water bottles and all those types of things. Think about how you want to feel in the morning and then work backwards and think, well, what can I do to achieve that feeling? I also turn on some music. Sometimes my kids can kind of get amped up in the morning um, once they're wide awake and kind of rushing around and the anticipation of school and everything. It can get kind of loud and just kind of harried in the morning. I found by turning on some music that can really kind of bring the whole volume down for them because they're not trying to compete with the music. Um, I turn on just some church music and just some peaceful, calm music that just makes it a lot more peaceful. Um, So what's one thing you can do the night before that helps your morning go better? That's my first tip. The second thing is pick two to three things that need to get done during the day instead of 15. (laughs) Make sure the things on your list are actionable and the most important things you have to do that day. And I know what you're thinking, Jessica, I have way more things to do than just two or three. And I'm going to be thinking about them all the time and forgetting about them and things. Okay, this is what you do. You create a master to-do list. Anytime there's some a to-do that pops into your brain, write it on your master list, okay? Brain dump all the time. I hate having stuff percolating in my mind, thinking I'm going to forget about it. So I just keep ruminating over it. If I don't get it down on paper, I will forget Or I will be so stressed about forgetting that I keep thinking of it way more than necessary. So have a master list where you keep a running list of all your to-dos that need to get done. 
If it is timely, like a certain permission slip needs to get signed, or you need to clean because you have people coming over that night, or go grocery shopping because you're out of food, or whatever it is, those are the to-dos that go on a certain day. Pick the two to three things that need to get done today. I like picking the things the night before, just so I'm set up and I'm not wasting my time thinking of which things I'm going to do the next day. I create a plan ahead of time. You can choose whatever works best for you. Um, But if there is something timely, I also write it on my calendar so that they're not just swimming around the master list. If there's something that needs to get done by Friday, today is Wednesday, I write grocery shopping on my list on my calendar on Friday. That way when I'm making the list, I just transfer what's on my calendar onto my list. And so I'm not having to work too hard to conjure up what the most important things are. So if something is timely, write it down on your calendar as a to-do, but you don't want 15 to-dos on your calendar. That makes your life just seem like bananas. You don't want to be stressed out when you look at your calendar. You want it to feel organized and manageable and under control. And that is possible when you break it down by what's most important. Does that mean you can't get more done during the day? No, absolutely not. But when you set a goal that this is what the only thing I need to get done today or these are the two or three things that really are important today, then if you have momentum and you have extra time, then you can start chipping away more at the other things on your master list. But you'll feel so much more accomplished if you start out with those two to three things, get those done, build the momentum, feel great about yourself, have that confidence, and then that'll be great. If you know that you have a busy night and you need a crock pot meal, schedule that in earlier in the day and have that be get the crock pot started at by 9 a.m. You will be so glad once you come home from soccer practice that night and dinner's done and you weren't stressing or going through the drive through at the last minute impulsively because you had nothing else planned. Plan ahead on those things. Think ahead and you will be so glad that you did. Another thing that I like to mind dump is things that I'm worried about. Oh boy, I can really ruminate over things, conversations that I had that didn't go well or that are still troubling me or questions that are lingering, things like that. Um, I don't like being in a time of waiting basically for anything, but waiting is an inevitable part of life. That's just the way it goes. And so by getting those things off my mind, it's not like those things are disappearing, but it means I can stop ruminating over them. I don't need to carry that inside of me. I can put it on paper and revisit it when it's an appropriate time or when I can actually do something about it. Um, But simply by just doing that act of writing it down and getting it off my own plate and outside of my own body, I don't know. That action just has made a huge difference in my life. I also like to make lists of things that I'm grateful for, questions that I have. And then I also like to follow up when I feel like I've gotten answers or the waiting times ended or things like that. All of those fulfillment of the waiting times, seeing that things that I've been waiting on have actually come to fruition (laughs) and anything I'm waiting on now will also come to fruition eventually. It just helps give me a little bit more peace of mind. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, I utilize a paper planner. Um, I don't know what you like to use. There's tons of apps and things, but I like the act of crossing things off. So you just do what works best for you, but pick two to three things that need to get done based on your priorities and the timeliness of those things and feel good about that. And then keep a master list of the rest of your to-dos and schedule out the rest of your to-dos that are timely as well on your calendar. Okay, number three. 
block out a container of work time. I got the word container from Tanya Dalton, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. She is the owner of Inkwell Press. She is a productivity expert. And so she calls this container of time, like a window of time, where this is your work time. Um, Schedule that out during the day. If there's an hour you have free where you know you'll be home, where you know the baby will be napping, where you know that you're home before soccer practice and the kids will be doing homework or be busy doing other things and you have an hour slotted or even 15, 20 minutes slotted, whatever it is, have that be your work time and look forward to that knowing that you're going to be able to chip away at your to-do list during that time. When you're not in that window of work time, try to forget about the things that need to be done. Now, I'm preaching to the choir on this because I struggle with this. I always feel like there's something else I should be doing. I always look around my house that is so messy while I'm playing with my kids and think, ugh, I don't want to play baseball for another 15 minutes in the backyard because I wish I could just start working at cleaning up the house. I feel so stressed by this. This is something I am actively working on and I'm trying to compartmentalize when is my productivity time and time to work and when is my time to not think about that and just enjoy the present moment with my family. Dinner time should be another time like that. It could be a time where I'm mentally thinking about things or sometimes I even have brought my phone to the table and I'm checking email. I mean, it's absurd. It sounds crazy. How can that not be a precious time that I protect? It makes no sense that that would be hard. However, it's true, and I'm sure that you struggle with this as well or have at some point. And so block out a container of work time where you know that is my precious time. If your kids interrupt you during that time, say this is mom's work time. Let them know that this is the time that you have planned on that is time for you to be productive and and to get things done. And it would mean a lot if they could support you in that by doing something independently. That's fine. That's a fine ask of them, especially if it's not like three hours. If it's an hour or less, that is a completely reasonable time for anybody. A baby could be sleeping for that length of time. A toddler could be playing quietly, you know, with blocks and things like that. It is a completely reasonable amount of time. So not only should you have your to-do list where you know, okay, I need to get these two to three things done sometime during the day. No, say, okay, from 12.30 to 1.30, I am home. It's before kids get home. My baby's napping. I can work during this time. Or maybe you don't have as much to-do, like official to-dos. That can be your time to read or paint your nails or watch a show or whatever it is that you want to work on. That is your discretionary time. But use your time wisely. And I have found when I have a set length of time that I know I'm going to work, like if I set the timer for cleaning my kitchen for 15 minutes, I just go, go, go and see how much I get done. Usually I finish the whole thing in 15 minutes. It feels like such a huge undertaking and nobody's going to want to tackle their kitchen if in their mind it's going to take two hours. But if you know it's only going to take you 15 minutes to fold the laundry, if you know it's only going to take five minutes to pay the bills, (laughs) then just do it. And that momentum will help you to keep going. So block out a container of work time that's set during your day that you know that you're going to get to those to-dos. You're going to make it happen. You don't need to stress any of the other time during the day because you have that time blocked out. So the next thing is, if something can be done in less than three minutes, do it right away. Pay the bill. Take out the trash. Wipe down the countertops. Anything that is quick, Just do it because three-minute tasks cumulatively make a huge dent 
in the overall feeling of your productivity and how you feel like you're able to manage all the to-dos in your life. Another thing I hear a lot is people that have a large project that they're starting to work on or wanting to work on, they feel like they've hit a brick wall because they don't know where to start. Well, that's where you start, making a list of the actionable steps that need to be done in order to chip away at that project. And so if you have a goal, let's say you want to become a runner, you want to run a 5K. Okay, well, what's the first step in doing that? Maybe it's Googling the couch to 5K running plan, and then it's printing it out, and then it's blocking the time out on your calendar, and then it's making sure you have the shoes you need, and then it's laying out your clothes, and then it's scheduling that run for the next day, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Break down those steps so it doesn't feel like a huge barrier of, well, how do I just become a runner? Break it down into actionable steps so you feel like you can actually do it. If you're wanting to organize your desk, but you are lacking the supplies to do so, maybe you need some new file folders, maybe you need some new pens, maybe you need less pens, (laughs) whatever it is, what are the steps you need to take in order to organize your desk? Maybe you need a new bookshelf. First, you need to measure for your bookshelf. What size bookshelf do you need? Are you going to buy it in person or are you going to get it online? Make those decisions and then start chipping away. I love this idea of breaking these down because, again, that momentum is huge. So a lot of these tasks will take less than three minutes. Get Finding the tape measure and measuring for your bookshelf, three minutes, most likely, unless you have no idea where the measuring tape is, which, come to think of it, I have no idea where my measuring tape is. <laughs> anyway, maybe that's a little harder than I thought. But you know what I'm saying. If it's going to take you less than three minutes, do it right away. There's a much greater chance of that bill being lost in the shuffle if it's on the counter and every day there's new papers being added to the top, to the top, to the top. It might get thrown away. It might get pushed on the floor. It might fall between the refrigerator and the counter. You know what I mean. These are all problems that could have been solved if you just paid that bill as soon as it came in. I've also heard the one-touch system where you should only touch things one time. So if you have junk mail coming in, it goes straight to the trash. It doesn't land on your counter first. Um, So all of those steps to eliminate extra clutter and extra hassle I think are great. So the fifth thing, batch things together. You guys, this is such a huge deal. There is so much time wasted during transitions. So what I mean by batching is categorize your to-dos based upon the type of action item that it is. If it's an errand, if it's a computer task, if it's a phone call, if it's a cleaning task, whatever it is, group them according to their category on your to-do list. That way, the next time you sit down at your computer, you're not fiddling around trying to figure out what you need to do. You're not accidentally stumbling upon social media. You're not accidentally heading over to the Old Navy sale as soon as you see the coupon in your inbox, right? You're going to stay focused. So you know, okay, I need to email this person back. I need to order this thing. I need, I need to look for a new bookshelf. Whatever it is, By batching that and being really dedicated to the five things on the computer that you need to do, you had no transition because you never moved from your seat. You just clicked from one thing to the next and you were able to knock out a ton of things in a very short amount of time versus if you'd sat down to answer one email, then you went to go empty the dishwasher, then you came back to your computer, you forgot what you're doing, you check Facebook again. 
there's just so many delays that happen when you have transitions. And so try and eliminate that by grouping your tasks. Instead of going out and doing one errand, try to think, okay, what's on the way? I'm low on gas. So I'm going to get gas on the way to Target. And then on the way home, the library's on the way to pick up the kids from school. And so I'm going to have those library books in the front seat so I can return them. So that's not an extra trip. Right? I mean, all of this is very common sense, but once you have somebody kind of articulate it for you, it makes it seem way more doable. So hopefully you're feeling that way right now. But I have found that by batching things together, it has been so, so helpful in my productivity and just my overall way that I view these tasks. Um, cleaning, I'll do all the bathrooms at one time instead of just like cleaning my room and my bathroom. It requires different cleaning supplies. I have to get the vacuum out multiple times a week if I do one room at a time instead of using all the same cleaning supplies for each bathroom and then doing the vacuum in all the rooms. It is so much more helpful and productive if I can just batch all of those tasks together. So I would definitely recommend that. And the sixth thing is try to make everything you do a little more enjoyable. I always watch a show while I'm folding laundry, and so I really don't dread laundry because I look forward to watching my show while I'm doing that, and I don't feel guilty about it. I always have music on while I'm cleaning up the kitchen after dinner. I always listen to podcasts while I'm exercising, and it really helps the time to fly by. I always have a book in the console of my car so that I can read while I'm in the carpool pickup line or while I'm waiting at soccer practice. Having the things readily available that make tasks more enjoyable Actually, I just went to the thrift store and I bought a CD player. I know, I know, I could stream music on the Bluetooth function and everything, but I don't know. There's something about having a CD because I have so many CDs collected in my you know, closet and whatnot. I pulled them out the other day and there's so many great songs that my kids haven't heard before. And so I've been playing CDs on my $3 CD player that I got from the thrift store in my kitchen. And we are loving it. We play music way more often when it's not on my phone for some reason. Um, But you do what works for you. And so what are the things that really would make tests more enjoyable to you? Um, Is it walking with a friend? And that's a great way to get some adult conversation time as well as getting your exercise in. Is it dressing cuter when you're working out so that you'll actually do it? Right? What are the things that you can do to make it more enjoyable? And it's going to be really personal to you. um, But I definitely think that there are things that we do every single day that we dread that don't have to be dreaded. Everything's about perspective. And if you know that you are going to have, you know, a fancy LaCroix in your fridge that you save for when you go get the kids after school and you're waiting in the carpool pickup line and that's a ritual for you that you get that cold drink and you have that in the car with you and you're reading your book while you're waiting in the line instead of scrolling your phone and that's just a special time. It's awesome and you actually look forward to that instead of feeling like like it's a drag. You know what I mean? So try and make things a little more enjoyable. Okay, so that's basically it. Those are my six ways to make the most of your days. Step one, do one thing the night before that helps your morning go better. Two, pick two to three things that need to get done instead of 15 and make sure that these are action items that you can actually do the next day. Number three, block out a container of work time and when you're not in that time frame, enjoy what you're doing and don't think about your to-do list. Number four, if something can be done in less than three minutes, do it right away. Number five, batch things together. Categorize your to-do list and do those things together so you can gain momentum and save on transition time. And number six, try to make everything you do a little more enjoyable. 
whatever that looks like to you. So I hope that helps. These are some things that have really helped me in my own life and have just shifted more the way I approach my to-do list versus how I actually accomplish things. Um, and it's really made a huge, a huge impact. So let me know if you do anything else that is helpful to you. I'm always looking for new ways to improve the quality of my life and my to-do list. All right, guys. Next week, I have an awesome, awesome episode. I recorded this a long time ago, so I'm thrilled that it's finally coming out. My episode is with Brooke Romney. Brooke Romney is an author. She writes for the Deseret News, and she wrote an amazing article about asking your kids all the time, did you have fun? Because when we are constantly promoting the idea that life should be nothing but nonstop fun and everything's for their entertainment, it creates kind of a sense of entitlement and a sense of if they're bored, it's somebody else's responsibility to change that. So we have a really great discussion about other things that we can talk to our kids about and different questions we can ask in order to elicit a different type of response and attitude towards the things that they do day to day. We also talk about raising boys, and she's just awesome. And little did I know, we both lived in Ann Arbor, which I did not know. So we had a great conversation. I know you're going to love it. So tune in next Tuesday. Make sure you're subscribed. Thanks for tuning in today. I love you, love you. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.